Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning into another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan and I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas, and it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. So thank you all very much. Each and every one of you out there in dreamland listening right now, wherever in space and time you may find yourself. Regardless of your asking how you got there or not. I am simply asking you to open your mind and enjoy this episode for its information and educational, entertaining content. Whether this is your first episode or your last episode, thank you for paying attention. Thank you for listening. Thank you for opening up that link. At least looking into it. You have taken a step which destiny itself has led you. Whether or not you choose to accept it. If you're on the fence with what I have to say and how I'm saying it you ever really committed to listening or not or supporting or not check out the archive it's got hundreds of episodes I'm almost about over 400 officially recorded free episodes Um, I'm at 408 at the time of this recording but a lot of those are exclusive episodes with 389 being the official number of free episodes that I have available for listening on any of the platforms is provided on Spotify, Anchor FM, it no longer exists, so it's Spotify for podcasters, um, Google podcasters, uh, all of them, you know, Breaker, Podbay, um, Himalaya, iHeartRadio, you know, all of them. And it's like one of those things where you start thinking about it, and you're just like, there's just so many of them. Uh, I want all of them. I'm on as many as I can. If you find a podcast uh, avenue or a podcast provider that I'm not on that you prefer to listen to me on, let me know, and I'll do my best to add the RSS feed. Always have, but after two years, I think I've gotten most of them. Um, but, yeah, moving on. If you would like to support, if this is your favorite podcast, if you like this podcast, is one of many that you listen to, or if you're really just interested in uh, leaving your reviews, uh, regardless if they're one-star hate mail or five-star um, uh, want-to-fuck-me letters, you can definitely lend those, lend, your, lend me your uh, voices, I guess, because it lend me your ears already, because I'm doing the talking. But lend me your voices, your opinions, everything through the comments section or by answering the Q&A on each one of these episodes. It's automatically generated uh, with each episode. So, yeah, definitely let me know your opinions. You can leave messages, DM me on Instagram or social media. I've um, started allowing just public random DMs and everything. It helps out the channel immensely, apparently. So, yeah, definitely it's now freedom of speech, open, open playing field. And no longer just uh, me destroying bots and haters uh, with the block chop. So basically, uh, no longer play, uh, LARPing as One Punch Man and no longer doing the uh, the, the, the immediate power block uh, when I bait out all the trolls, the glowies, and the bots. 
Uh, so definitely, if you're a glowy and troll and a bot, definitely come on down to the social media and uh, let me know your ridiculous uh, spiel on why I'm wrong and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, try to maintain the status quo as best as possible. It's admirable, if not immensely irrational. So yeah, um, definitely, definitely would love to hear from you. If you're a real person as well, if you're a real person, definitely would love to hear from you. Uh, definitely would have your support, liking, sharing, and subscribing goes a long way, especially the sharing. If you share and share a like, then this channel will just grow and the audience will get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're already at our marks for, for growth and progress that I wanted to set this year. We're already at our marks uh, past the 300,000 uh, download mark. Uh, you know, we have the, the subscribers, we have the listeners. Uh, we just need more and more and more and more to keep growing and to be realistically competitive against the major mainstream uh, podcasts who have millions and millions of listeners while we are working in the thousands. So definitely hope, I mean, I know it's possible. I know it's possible to get those international numbers. We already have the international numbers. We already have the impression, right? But we're shadow banned. We're censored. We have our social media taken out from under us when it's getting uh, momentum. We have our video sites getting suspended, you know, on the public sphere of, uh, you know, popularity, TikTok, etc., tweaking down twice. We have our Patreons taken down, so we can't really generate revenue very much. You know, definitely, though, I am trying to look into all this, find alternatives, probably to try to get a new Patreon set up under a different, you know, clandestine front. Obviously, that's something in the option work, uh, the options, you know, in the works right there, so uh, I'll let you know how to support, and it'll obviously be for a dollar each, uh, this new time around, I know times are even tougher than they were in 2020, uh, but yeah, we'll get this all figured out and going. Thank you very much for your support. Let's jump into it. Uh, Beyond Top Secret Texans today is going to be speaking about a more true crime subject. We're going to be talking about the massive presence of gangs in Texas, and we're going to be talking about the clandestine, covert, classified, and illegal, constitutionally illegal, operations of the Department of Justice and Homeland Security, alongside Department of Defense and Pentagon-trained American federal government sponsored and paid for units operating technologies, electronic warfare technologies, surveillance equipment, and special forces, special operations groups for recon, clandestine assassinations, search and seizure search and destroy, etc. on American citizens, on American soil, specifically Texas soil, in the state lines of Texas, deep in the heart of Texas, in the Lone Star State, we have had a guerrilla warfare raging, or guerrilla war wage, raging um, right below our feet, our, our, right, right in front of our eyes, hidden in plain sight. And this is not something that's conspiratorial, talking about uh, ancient tunnel systems any longer. This is talking about the streets. 
as it's talking about right beneath our feet in the streets in terms of caste system wise or class system wise or whatever that the amazing meteoric rise in Texas economically the Texan economy being literally the third largest or fourth largest uh, you know in in the western hemisphere and let alone to be a part of the country itself being the most pivotal most powerful state in the country and quickly rising up through population attracts enormous amounts of population enormous amounts of poor working class peoples hoping to make a living and the nature of Texas super in uh, in you know libertine libertarian uh, traditional political culture as well as socio you know economic culture what has happened and if you don't know this if you're not from Texas the realistic effect in Texas is that it's a gangland. It's a gang paradise. Absolutely gangsters pelican paradise. Every single city is connected by major highways. Uh, everyone has personal vehicles. Everyone has weapons, uh, firearms. Uh, and a culture that permits that and encourages that behavior uh, without judgment in a society that is that is both equal parts extremely private, small town, traditionally and conservative American, uh, you know, Americana, connected within minutes and hours to some of the largest urban areas in America itself, uh, with the fourth largest city, the eighth largest city, and the 13th largest city all being inside Texas. Houston, Dallas, and uh, San Antonio with a massive amount of cultural diversity with both immigrants from internationally, uh, you know, countries such as diverse as Africa, Ethiopia, Somalia, uh, all over Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, regularly coming across and living in most communities in Texas, not just frequenting one city or several major cities, but most communities, uh, Hispanic American immigrants, you know, from every single nation of South and Central and Mexico, uh, Central America, as well as Mexico itself, uh, being represented. So we have all of Central America, all of South America firmly established in Texas, uh, via either business, mercantile, or full-time citizenship. Um, prime example, for example, is, is, uh, is uh, Ovulde, the sensational star baseball player of the Houston Astros, being Venezuelan. You know, and and the the term Hispanic in Texas is one hundred percent popularly known as Mexican American, but in reality, the extremely influential Spanish-speaking and Latinized uh, families in Texas are from all over uh, South and Central America being refugees either through the political crisis because they know, like, Florida Spanish is 
fairly well spoken and very uh, widespread in Texas are that uh, they can like exactly blend in as quote unquote Mexican Americans without any curiosity uh, going into their past, say if they were refugees from Colombia, uh, maybe exiled drug families or political refugees. Um, from Venezuela, for example, after the socialist republics, or uh, Argentinians, are, for example. And there are various uh, reasons to leave and come back to the United States. There is a uh, huge amount of Asian Americans uh, from Asia, usually first or second generation um, immigrants, Vietnamese, Chinese, heavy, heavy in the Chinese, to the point that triads operate here, but we'll get into that once we list the gangs. Um, and the possibilities that that facilitates for even larger organized criminal activities that are connected to things like possible invasions of America via the CCP through domestic networking within America with organized criminal groups like the triads. as well as Houston being the fourth largest city in America and a major Chinatown, a major population center for the Chinese, making it prime grounds just like New York City or L.A. for the CCP to actively operate covert operations, etc., and be a de facto base of operations for any future plotting on their part, not only to police their own citizens and to clamp down illegally on American citizens who have Chinese ties, but to create uh, basically a beachhead or a fortress city inside America for um, a Chinese-only zone or a, a American no-go zone in terms of how loyal the Chinese citizens would be to the Chinese mainland. So first I'll describe and list the official gangs in Texas. And then I will discuss the importance of the state itself, which would motivate the federal government with its headquarters in D.C. and its scope of operations covering the entire globe. Why it would motivate such a powerful empire to focus on one of its 50 states so closely and to break its own laws regarding the operation of the military both as a agent of law enforcement and on domestic U.S. soil against U.S. citizens. And then I will be summarizing it with a, a public disclosed official um scenario that happened in the real world in Texas that would that did prompt the federal attention of the DOJ and shows you the ambition and the possibility the potential that these criminal gangs and elements in Texas possess there's a brand new century in a brave new world That is a fucking dystopia. 
realistically, when you realize who's in fact living there in the harsh living conditions that they have to endure and what monsters that makes of men and women every day, everywhere. So many people know about gangs. Many people know that the Beyond Top Secret Texan is uh, very interested in tribalism and in uh, counterculture as well as in Texas independence. Now these people I do not consider my allies. I do not support their activities and I do not condone their uh, outlaw lifestyles. But I do understand the motivations and the angle and perspective that they have as human beings, as tribals, as people seeking identity and meaning in their kin and clan systems, not the federal prescribed Rockefeller culture designed on the East Coast by foreigners and supported by the foreign occupying government of the District of Columbia. I can understand why these natural human beings, who are not Freemasons for the most part, would join secret societies emulating the Freemasons in their secrecy, their discretion, and their disciplined obedience. But for me, it is more of the poison cup of uh, joining um, churches of men or tribes of men Nothing new, ancient as time itself, and evil as everything else in the world. No better than the police that they fight. I will be uh, describing each gang shortly with a little summary. And this is not the full list, by the way. This is just the major gangs in Texas. Uh, Obviously, gangs can be as little as uh, half a dozen people. And they can operate in as small a territory as half a neighborhood. If it was or a country road, for example, with uh, maybe a dozen residences or, you know, maybe maybe 20 or 30 residences in the entire community. And they can operate as the local small affiliate, but they could uh, be traffickers or facilitators. But that's not about those gangs. This is about the major FBI Uh, recognized gang list in Texas, by the way. That's where I'm getting this from. In Texas alone, there are 32 recognized major gangs. The 14K Triad, starting with the numbers and then working our way alphabetically. 14K Triad is a triad group based out of Hong Kong, but active internationally. It is the second largest triad group in the world, with around 20,000 members split into 30 subgroups. They are the main rival of the Sun Yi'an, which is the largest triad in the world. The 211 Crew is a white supremacist prison gang active both in and out of prisons. It was formed in 1995 at Colorado's Denver County Jail. It was linked to several high-profile murders and criminal investigations. 
including the assassination of Colorado Department of Corrections head officer. You have the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas as an American white supremacist and neo-Nazi prison and street gang, according to the Anti-Defamation League and its Southern Poverty Law Center. The Aryan Brotherhood of Texas is one of the largest and most violent neo-Nazi white power gangs in the United States. The Aryan Circle is a white supremacist neo-Nazi prison gang spread throughout many U.S. correctional facilities, especially in Texas. The Bandidos Motorcycle Club criminal allegation, oh, sorry, criminal uh, elements. These have been designed as an outlaw motorcycle gang by the U.S. Uh, designated as an outlaw motorcycle gang by the U.S. Department of Justice. The club is involved in drug trafficking, weapons trafficking, prostitution, money laundering, explosives violations, motorcycle and motorcycle parts theft, intimidation, extortion, assassination. And the list goes on and on and on. Barrio Azteca, or Los Aztecas, is a Mexican-American street gang and prison gang originally based in El Paso, Texas, USA, and Suedad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. The gang was formed in the Cofield Unit, located near Tennessee Colony, Texas, by Jose Raleo Rivera, as a prisoner in the El Paso penal system. The Beltran Leve Organization, known as the BLO, also known as the Beltran Leve Cartel, the Cartel de los Beltran Leve, the CBL, was a Mexican drug cartel and organized crime syndicate formerly headed by the Live Beltran Lieva brothers, Marcos Arturo, Carlos Alfredo, Maria Alberto, and Hector. They operate heavily in the Texas Mexican border. The Cossacks Motorcycle Club, or the Cossacks MC, are an American outlaw motorcycle club, said to be one of the largest outlaw biker groups in the state of Texas. They are best known for their conflicts with the rival Bandidos Motorcycle Club, most notably the 2015 Waco mass shooting, or shootout, which occurred at a Twin Peaks restaurant. The Cowboy Mafia was the nickname for a group of marijuana smugglers who operated in the United States during the 1970s. At the time, they were reportedly the most prolific drug dealers and smugglers in Texas. The nickname was given to the group by the Dallas media, and the capture and the trial of the group created a massive media sensation. The Dallas Crime Family, or the Dallas Mafia, is an Italian-American mafia crime family based in Dallas, Texas, with affiliations of the five families in New York City and the Chicago Mafia clans. Most notably, they had connections to 
Most notably, they had connections to Jack Ruby, the Dallas nightclub owner who killed Lee Harvey Oswald, the accused assassin of JFK. The Dixie Mafia, or Dixie Mob, is an American criminal organization composed mainly of white Southerners and based in Biloxi, Mississippi, operating primarily throughout the southern United States since at least the 1960s. The group's activities include the movement of stolen merchandise, prostitution, gambling, illegal drug smuggling, and, possession, uh, and trafficking with narcotics, guns, as well as various hit, uh, assassinations for hire. The Downtown Gang was one of two gangs that dominated the organized crime world in Galveston, Texas, United States, from Prohibition onwards until about the 1970s. The gang was founded by Johnny Jack Nernas around 1920. The gang became a large profiteer and leader in Galveston's crime syndicates. La Family Mexicana, La Familia, or LFM, is a Mexican drug cartel and organized crime syndicate based on the Mexican state of Michoacan. They are known to produce large amounts of methamphetamine and clandestine laboratories around Mexico. They were formerly allied to the Gulf Cartel, but as of now are currently in a war with the Gulf Cartel. Cartel del Golfo, the Gulf Cartel, is a criminal syndicate and drug trafficking organization in Mexico and perhaps one of the oldest organized crime countries, uh, groups in the country. It is currently based in Matamoros, Tamaulipas, directly across the U.S. border from Brownsville, Texas, and lays claim to not only Texas, but the entire Gulf Coast and entire Central Corridor of drug trafficking from Miami, Florida, all the way through the Yucatan of Mexico. Romanos de los Pesteleros Latinos, HPL, is a Mexican-American prison gang founded by the Ch Chino Avicia in Texas during the early 1980s. The English translation of the gang's name is Brotherhood of Latin Gunmen. It operates in all of Texas prisons and the streets in many communities in Texas, particularly the large urban centers. The Juarez Cartel, also known as the Vicente Corrido Fuentes Organization, is a Mexican drug cartel based in Cuerdad Juarez, Chihuahua, across Mexico, the U.S. border across from El Paso, Texas. The cartel is one of several drug trafficking organizations that have been known to decapitate their rivals and leave other terroristic displays involving mutilated corpses, mass graves, and other attacks, say, on civilians, including kidnapping, extortion, and other terrorism. The Kinfolk Motorcycle Club, 
are an American one percenter outlaw motorcycle club best known for their long-standing rivalry with the Bandidos Motorcycle Club. The club was formed in Texas and has several chapters within the United States as well as chapters in Europe. La Linea. <clears throat> La Linea is currently the leading faction in the Juarez Cartel, originally designed to be one of Cartel's enforcer units set up by a number of former and active duty policemen heavily armed and extensively trained in urban warfare by the state. The corrupt line of policemen were set up to protect drugs as shipments, as well as valuable or very important personnel inside the prison systems. The Macio Organization, also known as the Macio Syndicate, was a criminal organization that ran Galveston, Texas, politically and criminally throughout most of the Galveston's open era. The organization's bosses, Sam and Rosario Marcio, operated illegal gambling, prostitution, and bootlegging, as well as many other crimes of the era. Los Mexicalis is a Mexican street gang based in Cuadrat Juarez, Chihuahua. It is uh, allied to the Sinola Cartel, a criminal group based in Sinaloa. The Mexican NIMI, also known as the Texas Mexican Mafia, or the MA, is a Mexican-American prison and street gang established in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice prison system in 1984. It functions separately from the original California Mexican Mafia, and members consider themselves primarily... Tied to the area of the Astland, formerly Mexican territories in the southwest United States and Texas. The group engages in a wide range of illegal activities, including drug trafficking, loan sharking, and money laundering. <clears throat> the Millennio Cartel. The Millennio Cartel, or Cartel de Valencia, was a Mexican cartel criminal organization based in the Michoacan. And relocated to Jalisco in the early 2000s. The Jalisco New Generation Cartel was born from the Millennia Cartel. The Mongols Motorcycle Club is considered a motorcycle gang by law enforcement and intelligence agencies in various countries internationally. Mongol members have a long history in the illegal drug trade, money laundering, robbery, extortion, firearm violations, murder, and assault, among various other crimes. MS-13, or Mera Salvutracha, is an international criminal gang that originated in Los Angeles, California in the 1980s. Originally, the gang was set up to protect Salvadoran immigrants from other gangs in the Los Angeles area. Over time, the gang grew into a more traditional organized criminal syndicate with international splinter cells operating literally around the world and in all 50 United States. Puro Tango Blast, or Tango Blast, is a term used to collectively describe various regionally-based street and prison gangs of generally Hispanics from major Texas cities, typically originating from the present systems.
the Sinola Cartel, also known as the CDS, the Guzman Zambada Organization, the Pacific Cartel, the Federation of Blood Alliance, is a large international organized crime syndicate that specializes in illegal drug trafficking and money laundering. It was established in Mexico, but now operates internationally. The Sonora Cartel, also known as the Caro Quintero Organization, was a Mexico-based criminal cartel. Upon the cartel's disintegration, its leaders were incorporated into the Tijuana Cartel and Sonola Cartels. The Texas Seven were a group of prisoners who escaped from the John B. Connolly Unit near Kennedy, Texas on December 13, 2000. Six of the seven were apprehended over a month later between January 21st and 23rd, 2001 as a direct result of the television show America's Most Wanted. Texas Syndicate is a mostly Texas-based and prison gang consisting of predominantly Mexican-American membership. The Texas Syndicate, unlike the Mexican Mafia or Nustra family, has been more associated and allied with Mexican immigrant prisoners as well as connected to the human trafficking across the Mexican-American border. And finally, Los Zetas is a Mexican criminal syndicate formerly as one of the most dangerous as Mexico's drug cartels. They are known for engaging in brutally violent shock and awe tactics such as beheadings, torture, and indiscriminate murder. While primarily concerned with drug trafficking, they are branching out to extortion, kidnapping, and various other crimes such as money laundering, uh, cyber attack, etc. And I can tell you right now that there are probably about 10 to 20 that are not listed on here that should be. From the various Vietnamese gangs and Filipino gangs that exist, to the black gangs that are clearly left out of here, such as the Bloods, the Crips, then everything from the American gangs that are left out, as well as for the Latin Kings, the, uh, you know, Puerto Ricans, that are the other Hispanic nations that are not Mexican, for example, or, or El Salvador and the Venezuelans, Colombians, etc. And then also added to that the African population, the Haitians, and uh, various other nationalities like Russian and Polish, or uh, even so much as Israeli criminal gangs, which would be operating in America as specifically Texas, uh, typically dealing drugs or uh, operating through real estate as a type of element inside of the shadow world with ethnic considerations to their homeland in terms of creating wealth and power in a country or in a state that operates as powerfully as a country does but with as limited resources as any impoverished United States a single state in the United States of America does. Um, now, these gangs, including the Bloods, the Crips, uh, various other gangs that were not mentioned, but all these gangs operate in such a fertile state of um, fertile state of resources that they couldn't ask for a better situation. They're far better than that of even Mexico, for example. The state has nearly 30 million citizens, plus is an international hub for immigration. The economy of the state is extremely powerful, and it is wide open for private 
capitalist expansion of land. You can buy land as long as you have the money, and no one cares where it comes from because with the rise of economy, everyone wants to get rich, and those that are not getting rich are getting poorer, poorer by the minute. So not only is there direct criminal activity in terms of guns and drugs and prostitution, human trafficking, uh, the various horrors of human trafficking being seen currently right now with the border rush, because not there's no better time to be a human trafficker and to be in Texas, for example, no matter where you are, how you operate. There is no better time to be into illegal gambling or the drug trade. Um... None. Absolutely not. Money laundering. Absolutely. If you, if you have the mind for accounting, for example, you can easily sell your services out because even the middle class are extremely corrupt and criminally prone, even without gang activity. But gang activity is what we've been focusing on now. Because any individual could easily be as criminal as any one of these members in any one of these gangs. If you owned a pool cleaning business, for example... You could easily be as ruthless and as criminal and as underhanded and as uh, black market as any one of these individuals in Texas and reap a fortune if you so chose to be uh, unscrupulous and, you know, illegal. Because not only is there a great economy, there is a absence of really any fucking uh, real security. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron because cops in Texas state police officers, state patrol officers, they rank in the thousands, right? Like, uh, you know, a quick search brings up. There are 80,000 sworn law enforcement officers in Texas employed. In about 2,800 sheriff's departments, police departments, constable offices, other local agencies and state agencies, according to the data of the Department of the Data of the Department of Public Safety, the DPS. Sorry. Um, so we have 80,000 right as a current figure, and we get 30 million. Let me just get my phone out right now. Get the calculator going. Thirty million Alright, so there are three hundred and seventy five citizens per every one sworn in police officer, and that includes deputy, constable, etc. Three hundred and seventy five to one. Three hundred and seventy five to one. Now, mind you, this is Texas. So yes, the cops have unprecedented uh, authority and, and you know public support by the conventional normies, so not everyone is out to get them or anything. They have a totalitarian control over the state, effectively. Wherever they go, they basically rule. But they can't be everywhere at once. And obviously they are making a lot of enemies with as many as many people are putting in prison. And the more the profits of the civilians start to get infringed on, the more bottom line they hit. If men can't make a living 
in their preferred trade, they will get desperate and they organize, etc., etc. So that 375-21 is a fertile recruiting ground for criminals. Also, it's on. Like, so you couldn't possibly search or investigate every single one of them, and they know that. And it's just going to get worse and worse as time goes on, as the population grows and grows and grows. <coughs> so, with 375 people to every one police officer, uh, where do you think this puts the... And these are just the basic frontline, backbone, badge-wearing, uh, donut-munching, you know, patrol officers, speeding ticket-writing type cops. The... Statistics get even worse the higher up in the ladder you go to authorities. So that, for example, Texas Rangers, there's only 176 active, badged, sworn-in, on-duty Texas Rangers. 176. For a state of 30 million people with hundreds of thousands, and at this point already millions of confirmed illegal immigrants pouring through the border every single year. And it's just going to get worse. With all these major businesses creating such an economic boom with like 50 of the top Fortune 500 companies that operate in the United States relocating their main bases of operation into the urban centers of Texas with all of the jobs and construction, etc. going up, with all of the manpower being recruited, with the exodus of civilians, already American citizens, uh, from California or the East Coast or Chicago, in search of these jobs, them bringing their negative influences, them bringing their desires for vice, drugs, etc., their connections, and competitions, um, it's just going to get to the point where it's absolutely as gangland, and it is already currently as gangland, as Chicago, New York City, or L.A., as California, New York State, or Illinois is, and it absolutely is that already. People need to wake their wake the fuck up to and see it with their own eyes. They're smart enough not to engage the police. Like I said, the police have maximum corporal punishment, martial law type powers and authorities. They have military equipment. And the fact is, gangsters are not suicidal. Gangsters are self-preserving. If anything, they're survivors. And they are their entire focus is to stay out of trouble and to stay out of jail and to stay away from police. They are not going to try to... Uh, broadcast or exert their uh, their power or control like they do in other states uh, because the the dynamic is so severe that yes uh, Texas police will shoot you to death. They will kill you absolutely. It's not like Chicago police it's not like New York City police it is a police state but they just operate in the shadows. They operate literally where there are no cops because the neighborhoods are too bad and the cops don't want to waste their time. They operate in corrupt systems where they pay the cops off. They operate in small-town communities where there are blood relatives to the cops. They are literally, they went to school with the cops. They know the cops by name, by first name. They know their parents and shit like that. They just have taken a different lifestyle. They support the community. And many times, the, the true major gangs own real estate. 
they are the ones actually keeping things like public pools open and stuff, or like um, old folks' homes open and stuff, in small town communities. And I'm talking very small town communities. Like, they get a lot of, like, there's a lot of cat and mouse and a lot of ebb and flow. But there's 375 to one badged officer, let alone, uh, remember, a badged officer is not a investigator. They, they're not a detective. They're not a uh, prosecutor. They're not a um, DA. They're not a judge. They're not um, a caseworker. They're not anything like that. They're not a... They're just 80,000 uh, street cops, basically. Like I said, those guys who give you a, a parking ticket, a guy, if you're speeding, they'll pull you over, search your car. If you have a misdemeanor or felonies, they'll, they'll try to um, arrest you so that you can face persecution or, or prosecution between the state. Those people are even less. There's even fewer of those people. And um, each one of those can be corrupted, and that massively affects the system. Uh, the higher up you go, the if you corrupted even fewer people, they have much more control over things like casework or investigations or, um, you know, they control entire police forces, etc. And they can tell people literally just not to investigate you. And because the way Texas works, it's very monolithic when it comes to authority. And, for example, Freemasons don't investigate Freemasons. And a lot of these gangs, a lot of gangs, historically use Freemasonic iconography and Freemasonic teachings, such as the Latin Kings, or the Vice Lords, or the Bloods, or the Crips, or um, La the Mexican Mafia with the M.A. and the number 13. Uh, motorcycle clubs also use the number 13. This is not a coincidence. So basically you have the M.A., which is the Mexican Mafia, using 13, which is the 13th letter of the word. M.A. also means 3. If you switch to sides, they'll put Mexican Mafia 33 on all their logos. And Motorcycle Club has the 13 uh, as, a, as a marijuana dealership, as marijuana dealer uh, signal. Also, narcotics and vice, just generally as a rule. Um, the, the, these things are connected. These things are very connected. The clandestine and discreet operations of the Freemasons as the Illuminati control force on America, and as well as the criminal organizations, etc. Yes, one and the same. Two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin, same as the CIA controlling all the drug trade, who they're giving the drugs to, the Mexicans. Mexicans ship it up north. Um, they get the profits. The money, launder the money. Basically, the CIA gets it to support its fundings in Latin America, Central America, et cetera, et cetera. These are lessons they learned through Iron Contra. This is lessons they learned through the 50s and 60s and the 40s and 30s and 20s and 10s. These, these are playbooks they've been using since Prohibition, how to control mafias, et cetera, to get to do both profit and police. They control police authority, and they create massive amounts of revenue and profits. The government is more corrupt than any mafia. The government is just openly corrupt with their practices, and they call it law and order. So this is basically the idea we're going for. Is the law, the local law, is not honest. It is a corrupt system, right? Controlled by the mafia and elements of the old federal government, the deep state, etc., CIA, um, Freemasons, etc. Now, what the motivation here, the impetus of this, uh, the importance of this is the uh, the crucial thing you have to understand is that there was a civil war or a international effort by Interpol and the various other major world nations and the 2010s 
to fight organized crime. And organized crime was declared a terrorist organization and fit within the logic of the global war on terror. This happened politically at first to continue the power and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, pressure on funding military efforts by expanding the role of the military from standard war fighting, which was becoming obsolete after the Cold War, to a hybrid, mobile, flexible fighting force across all branches, focusing heavily on special operations and special forces, uh, to rapidly mobilize and target criminal networks to capture VIPs uh, as designated by the intelligence networks, CIA, DIA, NSA, etc., via their communications, leadership, etc., um, as well as resources, assets, etc., drug labs, uh, drug caches, weapon caches, and to prevent things like the the sell of illegal weapons or the sell of munitions, the sell of uh, ships or vehicles, the sell of drugs, uh, the tra- exchange of drugs for guns, etc. And they were at first only targeting the terrorists who were dealing with criminal organizations as the criminal organizations had shielding and protection based on their citizenship in countries of allied origin, major first world nations like British people who were dealing with uh, Pakistanis selling guns and drugs, or, for example, Americans who were doing that, protected in the Middle East, but Americans of Arab descent and Arab organized criminal elements selling drugs and guns, uh, or uh, Muslim elements, for example, black Muslim extremists in America dealing with Iran or Libya and targeting Chicago airliners for destruction with smuggled illegal shoulder-operated rocket launchers provided by Gaddafi in the late 1980s, or late 1990s, sorry. That was an actual plot that was solved and foiled on American soil, which led to the precursor for organized crime, uh, gangs specifically, to be considered terrorist organizations. Now that they are terrorist organizations, by default, the thing people don't realize is that they are terrorist organizations by default if they are extremist criminal organizations. Domestic terrorism is that window that they fall into, right? That the DOJ, Department of Defense, uh, the DOJ, Department of Justice, and the DOD, the Department of Defense, and Homeland Security effectively can operate the military, all branches, the Army, the Marines, the Navy, Coast Guard, Air Force, they can operate their personnel, their technology, literally military-grade weapons, typically drone surveillance or uh, maritime surveillance, electronic warfare, uh, scrambling of phone lines, uh, spying on people via their you know, wireless communication, um, special operators like recon forces operating in the country against citizens um, as they would say an Al-Qaeda camp or um, you know Taliban 
uh, military enemies. But they can do that on the border. They can operate with military equipment, everything from armored vehicles, uh, but mostly military planes and jets, aircraft, helicopters, etc. They can mobilize and use from military bases, use military bases to uh, station and quarter their, their, their police officers and their troops, their teams. And they can cross-train. They can cross-train and loan out those equipments and those personnel to other agencies legally without, it, without oversight because these things have to operate with military, with military secrecy. They have to operate with military discretion because they are military operations. Because criminal organizations like the cartels or the Aryan Brotherhood are considered domestic terrorist organizations. They are treated with the same amount of um, caution as the Taliban or, you know, any other foreign nations, uh, the terrorist organization. And they are given the encrypted comms, the electronic warfare, uh, you know, support as well, which is extremely important to all of this because they're operating with everything from electromagnetic uh, waves to uh, block cell phone signals, uh, the, you know, to you know, absolutely decrypt every communication that they're sending through WhatsApp or whatever. There's no way to hide from them. Using NSA-level technology, like Snowden-level technology, to uh, spy on everyone in Texas, uh, social media, etc., to have the AI process who most likely is belonging to what gang and doing what, where, and when, like what position they're in uh, via their contact lists, etc. We're talking Pegasus, Pegasus 2. All they need in Pegasus 2 is your phone number, by the way. Now, Texas also has a lot of federal resources, which having domestic terrorists in a state can justify the mobilization and uh, deployment of a lot of special operations groups some of which are not very common or heard about but some of which are now this is nothing new the ATF remember burned down Waco killing the extremist cultists of the Branch Davidians this is what they want you to believe but really Targeting real Americans, practicing their constitutional freedom of rights, of belief, and a peaceful um, congregation, etc., and burning them alive, including children, and a show of force. This was the ATF and the FBI Special Operations Group, right? Basically, the beginning DOJ Special Forces Group of the 90s. This is what it morphed into. Now it's 2020. This is a, this is 20 years later. With Texas having infrastructure such as the refineries and the ports that has the uh, critical infrastructure of government buildings and the massive importance of such, you know, actual infrastructure as nuclear facilities in North Texas and uh, the Johnson Space Center and uh, massive military depots and stations full of munitions and arms, uh, such as Fort Hood, etc., the major urban centers as well you know with their valuable uh, you know people and their their prime targets for terrorism uh, specifically Houston had an anti-nuclear attack pra- uh, 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 demonstrate uh, not a pr- demonstration a exercise an exercise on how to practice for a possible atomic bomb being deployed and detonated 
in downtown Houston. That was an actual thing. Houston is, is preparing for possible atomic attacks and shit like that. That's an actual thing that they're planning for. Uh, this is the, how severe this shit is. I cannot express enough how important Texas is when it comes to national planning and things. There is a DEA, uh, elite squad of DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, uh, you know, SWAT team, HIT team, uh, special operators based in Dallas. There is a uh, Department of Energy Special Forces unit, one of the rare special forces units in America, in the three-letter, in the alphabet soup agencies, three-letter agencies um, list, working for the DOD Homeland Security. Uh, completely classified, by the way, completely elite like that, operating out of North Texas, protecting uh, valuable nuclear materials, etc., that is owned by the Department of Energy. There are ATF teams in every single major city. There are the Texas Ranger uh, Special Operations Groups every city. There are the Texas Army Groups. They are being trained by the U.S. Army itself at every si- uh, uh, in the borders and in the heartlands, uh, specifically the capital. Um, there is uh, uh, Customs and, and Immigration ICE uh, Special Forces units. There are Border Patrol. Border Patrol, huge Border Patrol force, basically a standing army controlled by the federal government operating on our borders, uh, you know, heavily operating on our borders. You should look up their operating capacity sometimes. It's fucking crazy. They're basically an army onto themselves. Um, then you have Coast Guard operating in the Gulf of Mexico. You have the U.S. Navy operating in the Gulf of Mexico. You have private security groups operating in the Gulf of Mexico, operating off oil rigs and stuff. You have, uh, so that's U.S. Navy, uh, U.S. Army. You have Air Force. Uh, training because they have their master training stations in in Texas, as well as uh, giving them reason to protect their assets, uh, such as the assets in um, San Antonio, for example, protect that base, which is you know a figurehead base, yes, but it gives the Air Force enough reason to be there and to operate with impunity, you know, and especially that and out of West Texas uh, near um, Amarillo, they have bases where they call it's Little Area 51, and security is very tight. With Air Force operating, um, you know, their their ground patrols, their special operations groups, search and rescue, etc. And all of that is just, you know, tip of the iceberg because there are different groups, NSA agencies. CIA has the largest armory, for example, in San Antonio. And we know CIA operates and trains uh, Texans and, and Hispanics that come through Texas, as well as various other groups as well. So all of this is operating. The FBI, the FBI is fucking operating in Texas heavily, investigating all these foreigners, the specifically the Chinese, etc. So already here and already connected politically, there is no resistance in the government uh, to the United States. That's all theater. They're all Freemasons, so 100% they get the clearance to come down and to police Texas in place of local police forces, which they do not want to grow. And here comes the conspiracy of it, because they do this secretly, because this is completely illegal. Um, Not the federal government's DOJ operating in Texas, but the military operating in Texas, performing, no doubt, clandestine hits, reconnaissance efforts, electronic warfare, harassment, intelligence gathering, um, and using military equipment and military-grade software, computer... Uh, dr- computer-operated drones, uh, AI algorithms, um, satellite reconnaissance, uh, ground troops like MARSOC or Navy SEAL-level you know, operators, Army Rangers, etc. do 
border patrol scouting and 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 um, and reconnaissance and intelligence, using the Coast Guard and the Navy, no doubt, to patrol uh, the Gulf of Mexico with uh, submarines, most likely, and other unconventional but wartime maritime uh, you know technologies. They definitely use sub hunters because of the narco subs as well as boarding and searching uh, refinery ships from many different nations without it going and disclosed absolutely uh, what's going on right now. They are operating um, these special forces with impunity, without advertising, without publicity. They are operating them against American citizens. Yes, gangsters, yes, in gangs, yes. But like I said... What is the line? And if these are human beings seeking tribal status and seeking uh, independence in their in their way, to yes, they're criminals. Yes, uh, not not saying they're not. Yes, they're outlaw. Yes, they're wicked and and uh, nefarious criminal elements in society need to be uh, dealt with and countered at every step of the means. And I will explain why later, how this the potential for it all, but. This means that there is basically a civil war going on in Texas. That there is basically a civil war with these uh, loosely connected native gangs as outlaw criminal groups fighting the federal government the same way cowboys and Indians fought. It's no longer cops and robbers, it's cowboys and Indians. And that is clearly the point I'm trying to make right now. No longer it's cowboys and it's cops and robbers, it's cowboys and Indians. With these people being the Indians... And um, the the federal government, the military, all working together, loaning out uh, hired guns in the form of the military contractors, the military personnel, the advisors, and militarizing the police while not giving the um, Texas government, the Texas local government, the power necessary to actually counter this element but rather to be reliant and subservient to the federal cavalry, just like it was during the Wild West days. An insider who basically showed me all this, or told me all about this through various emails, gave me this list of operations as well, in which the DOJ and the federal government have been operating. This list of operations I will read to you now is just a short summary of each and it is just a window into the various activities, the various missions being undertaken by the Pentagon in Texas against Texans but for the sake of keeping law and order and maintaining this piece of... um, Growth and economic boom against the illusion of a law or a state with law and order. Operation Spiderweb, a secret operation run by the CIA to track suspected illegal activities and immigrants and drug traffickers across the border, leading them to target both leaders and active individuals of interest. This was done with drones following vehicles from their destinations, from their origins to their destinations across internet, across Mexican and American state lines. 
Operation Tejas Trails, an ATF-run effort to intercept illegal weapons and ammunition smuggled into Texas. Once again, Viet Drones, loaned out to them by the U.S. Air Force. Operation Blue Lens, a joint multi-year undertaking of the U.S. Navy and Air Force conducted in multiple sites and theaters across the Lone Star State to test new weapon systems, reconnaissance systems, electronic warfare systems, and strategies of operating system specialists against various criminal organizations and individuals deemed of interest across the U.S.-Mexican border. Operation Lone Star. This U.S. Army mission uses unmanned aerial vehicles to monitor the border between Mexico and Texas. Another drone program. All the military's drone programs being taken from Afghanistan and Iraq being put into Texas. This is what it's reading to me. All of the multi-billions of dollars that uh, Texas, uh, the United States military, the Pentagon spent on the drone programs operating in the Middle East against the, the terrorists and all the technology and all the skills and all the experience they've been used in that foreign world are been converted to law enforcement purposes being used to create an electronic surveillance state a dystopian nightmare where military technology and drones that were used to defend uh, America and used to destroy its enemies are now being used to police its states and destroy its gangs. Operation Sabretooth. This Air Force mission relies on a range of covert monitoring techniques to detect nuclear weapons and other material that could harm the nation or its citizens. Based. Sorry. Based on radiation signals, uranium, given off from fission material? I think it says fission material. Sorry, let me read that again. Operation Sabretooth, this Air Force mission relies on a range of covert monitoring techniques to detect nuclear weapons and other material that could harm its nation or its citizens based on radiation signatures given off by stolen fission material. And this is to protect, like I said, people don't know this, but there's been a lot of radiation and radioactive material theft in the United States. Whole, like, atom bombs have been stolen. I think two or three nuclear weapons have been stolen in America, and uh, many, many pounds of uranium and plutonium have been stolen, specifically from trains, as it transports from state to state. I said the Department of Energy operates in North Texas, uh, specifically because there is nuclear material in Texas. Uh, We actually have nuclear reactors throughout the state, as well as the ability to build nuclear weapons and a facility in North Texas. Operation Whisper Downs. The National Security Agency, the NSA, collaborated with Texas Intelligence to monitor key government and civilian communications networks in the state. That's right. 
Operation Whisper Downs, the National Security Agency, the NSA, collaborated with Texas intelligence groups, the police, to monitor key government and civilian communication networks in the state. Operation Yellow Jacket. The military and the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, have worked together to combat drug trafficking networks operating in Texas. Operation Lone Eagle. This Homeland Security mission focuses on stopping the smuggling and contraband in the Gulf of Mexico. That is operated by the Coast Guard and the Navy together. Operation Dragon Might. Undertaken by the Department of Defense, the DOD, Dragon Might makes use of the state-of-the-art technology to observe suspicious activities on the Mexican border with automatic drones. as well as various other top-secret sensor technologies. Finally, Operation Night Riders. This DEA-run mission, along with U.S. Army Special Forces and other SOCOM forces, is tasked with apprehending high-level drug dealers and neutralizing threats, shutting down, uh, threats to civilians as well as shutting down their supply networks. I said, if there are military personnel conducting these missions, if there are special forces doing these raids, there are people being killed. There are people being murdered. There are people being neutralized. There are people being eliminated, executed, taken out, liquidated, erased, executed, whatever you want to call it. They are being uh, taken out by literally the Pentagon inside Texas soil with the help and sponsorship of the badged law enforcement agencies as well as civil intelligence communities operating as they would in Afghanistan or Iraq over the last 20 years in Texas. And no, we would never know about it because they own the news. And no, this is not collaborated with anyone because I am the first to break this news to you. This would be operating beyond top secret. This would be operating at the height of secrecy. And they could get away with it too because Texas is such a monolithically controlled culture that serves the federal government and the military through its Freemasonic civil government and no one would ever question it. This goes hand in hand with Texas State Guard's anti-drug operations which happened in the 90s in which the Texas State Guard was both helping and uh, was both investigating as well as acting as double agents and supporting the cartel shipping cocaine throughout Texas using their own buses for troop transports from their bases in South Texas to transport it up through the checkpoints into North Texas. That 
truly happened, you can look it up. The Texas State Guard was corrupted and infiltrated by drug cartels, which would facilitate the need for federal military intervention, which has been going on for the last 20 years. Other various military operations that are happening in Texas include Operation Cerberus Action, a secret military operation conducted in Texas in conjunction with the CIA and Texas police to hunt and capture foreign spies while in the United States, specifically the Chinese. Now, you might think why they need the military. It's because the Chinese owned a massive amount of property, hundreds and thousands of acres of it, actually, across the state. And while the CIA would gather information on their embassies and their, and their, their key hangouts, their local points, by using military and uh, CIA-developed technology to spy on them, basically, do the entire rigmarole of electronic gathering, intelligence gathering, uh, planning agents, and, and infiltrating their groups, translating their messages, breaking their codes, the U.S. military, as well as the police giving them the support and the credit for it, or hiding their actions, would invade their territories, their farmlands, their ranches, in the middle of the night, in lightning-fast raids, as well as summarily executing any identifiable or known members of the CCP, Chinese military, or Chinese intelligence networks. Operation Southwind. Reports of a military operation conducted in Texas focusing on locating and tracking terrorists, primarily from Mexico. This is where the cartels become terrorists. Operation Good News. A U.S. military operation conducted in Texas to develop surveillance networks, i.e. spies, to find and track U.S. national security threats. Alongside Operation Border Shield, allegations of the U.S. military operations in Texas conducted in order to monitor and protect the U.S.-Mexico border. This was evident, for example, with the U.S. Army Rangers training and how to do day assaults and night assaults on entire communities near Kingsville in the year 2000. This was in direct violation of the Posse Comitatus Act and was a, was a quick reveal or revelation of the U.S. Army Special Operations Group's attention to Texas. This would later play out 14 years later during Operation Jade Helm where the entire U.S. Military, including many of its reserves and guard units, were activated across multiple state lines and creating a temporary martial law situation within Texas without interrupting its activities. 
proving that they could operate a statewide military offensive against deemed domestic disturbances, rebels, and enemies of the people, public enemies, without anyone even having to skip a day of work. This is how monolithic and dystopian this future is. Because they control both the vertical and the horizontal. They control all political parties through the Freemasons. They control all the police through the military. And they control all the criminals through violence. And the one thing that makes this possible is technology. A technology that is literally classified and kept reserved strictly through Pentagon use only. Creating the military junta and rule for corporations to exist as the counterfeit democracy, the counterfeit republic that we currently live in today. As our resources and manpower our treasure of blood and fortune are sucked away like by the vampires of international business military or professional militaries and their occult masters across the world and it proves how difficult it will be establishing any independence for Texas because any true independence movement will be seen as a terrorist group or as an extremist group and will be neutralized by the superpower operating within our borders effectively making us Afghanistan or Vietnam 2.0 We are as occupied as Vietnam. We are as occupied as Afghanistan was during the height of a U.S. occupation. We are as occupied as Iraq is currently right now. You know, strategically it makes it very difficult to ascertain the right decision, the right movements to make when forming an independence movement, when forming um, a political resistance movement to the D.C. superpower, the invading foreign power of the D.C., because it already is ruling with its military might. Basically a dictatorship, advanced technology and technocracy. And even though it's sharpening its teeth on these elements that we wish did not exist, these worst elements of our human nature, with every victory they gain, they gain that much more of a solid control over our territory, over our homeland. And it just proves to me, at least it's obvious to me, that this must be a non-violent independence movement this must be a movement which distinguishes itself from all criminality from all uh, seeking to from out, out, all outlaw nature basically from our outlaw nature 
from all of the outlawed nature. We must break away from that and be like almost a religious movement or a holy movement like the Fuyun Gong in terms of our presentation uh, to the public and to the internalized uh, morals and ethics of a group. We must be um, as community positive and as focused on mission, not on personal power or street cred or ego or violence or seeking to militarize ourselves at all because already the dagger is at our throats. We were born the last 20 and 30 years of uh, existence in a state of military occupation of Texas based on its war on drugs and its control of the drug trade as well as its infiltration already by the criminal elements, the gang element, which is so fertile for its possession and its, uh, its, its control of the streets. So we're already stuck between Celia and Charybdis, with Celia being the gangs, the many-headed gangs that seek to devour us whole, and then Charybdis, the federal government, which seeks to crush us under the depths of the whirlpool. Um, this, you know, suck us down to the depths of its whirlpool, so basically we'd never be free again. Um, now we could either survive, we could either survive as long as we can with the death of a thousand cuts, that is gangs and corruption and crime, with their devastating effects on communities and societies, etc. Turning kids to drugs, prostitution, making um, money off of the death of, society, of their neighborhoods and adding nothing positive to society. And we can, we can cheer on their destruction, but know that with a, the, the, there's no victors here. There's just catch-22. That with every enemy the police take out, they get closer closer to... Um, you and and with every uh, criminal that gets away, uh, they could victimize you uh, that night. They could they could they could set up shop right next to you and start planning crimes in your neighborhood or affecting your community, targeting your children and their communities, etc. And uh, the longer that goes on, the worse the world will be. So. It is definitely a serpent eating itself, Babylon destroying itself, uh, fire burning itself out. And one such incident, as I wanted to leave you on incident of why this is real, beyond just the cartels, there was a white power affiliate group, of, and a group affiliated to the Aryan Brotherhood. Now, the Aryan Brotherhood uh, is a major and powerful gang in Texas with five regions known as the Wheel. And this group was in Veter, Texas, and it was on the coast between Louisiana and uh, Houston, and near the eastern border. And this town is used to be all white, and so it's a firm, fertile ground for white power uh, mentalities and logic, etc. So extremism was born there. But this group wanted to buy a community of about a hundred acres of land and create a all-white extremist community in defiance of the government and the state and create an outlaw community privately owned and privately controlled um, and, and run through the profits of drug trade and weapons trade but to be a sanctuary for their white extremist brothers, etc. And they were going to legally do this legally create this settlement for $30,000 
That's right. Only $30,000, 30K would have bought them 100 acres of land and would have given them the ability to, to basically create their own community. Uh, obviously, this might have been more expensive than that, but the initial down payment was $30,000 that they were trying to do this for. And this obviously elicited the attention of the DOJ and the Homeland Security because the white power, white supremacy is extremist domestic terrorism. And they were monitoring the situation very closely and using illegal spying methods, illegal surveillance tactics, and double agents were able to create a case against them involving the murder of one of their own members to effectively throw the book at them and put them in jail for life within the Texas penal system. Um, so this is happening. This, this is absolutely happening. They consider these people domestic terrorists. The entire federal government is paying attention to their activities. Even a small group, this group had less than half a dozen members, had one drug connection was not able to produce or manufacture their own weapons or their own drugs or have any other money laundering operations. They lived in a very small town, a very uh, backwards and boondock community, not a major urban area at all. No education. All the members had been already through the prison system. And they were able to create a very ambitious strategy and plan that was very doable with $30,000. So if this was the case that we know about, if this is the case that got caught, if these are the people who got caught, if these are the people that we know for a fact were trying to do this and they got caught, imagine the people who get away with it. Imagine how many people are planning these things and succeed at them because they're more competent criminals. Imagine people with college educations. Imagine companies and corporations with their resources and their information, their skill, as well as their permission and favoritism. Imagine what could be done in Texas if you, for example, were a millionaire or had solid drug connections like the Mexican cartels do or had um, incredible street cred like the Bloods or the Crips could do in Dallas or the suburbs of Houston, for example, in black communities. Um, with their national resources, with their things like the Vice Lords, with the Aryan Brotherhood and their uh, massive network of drug traders, etc. The bike gangs, for example, and their massive membership. Imagine what could be done if you had that $30,000, you know, plus in revenue every week or, or day, because that's how these big gangs operate. Big drug dealers in Houston and Dallas make $30,000 a day easy uh, with their members and with their everyone helping out and everything. They own clubs. They, own, they have to have money laundering efforts because the money isn't a problem in getting it. It's how to process it without it being so obvious that you're getting it illegally. That's um, why so I said corruption in the corporate world, accountants. Big corporations are tied into it. Major franchises like food franchises. Everyone's seen Breaking Bad, etc. This runs throughout Texas. Almost all Mexican restaurants, all uh, fast food restaurants, etc. are operating on the dirty because their franchisees are operating for the extra money to help them compete and show off in the economy, which is difficult, especially as people get poorer. 
businesses will start turning dirtier and go into more criminal activity, mostly money laundering, but at the same time, uh, housing, narcotics, etc. You look at a church's chicken on a small town in Texas on the Gulf Coast, and 100% that place is carrying drugs or illegal cash or laundering it, etc. And that franchise, franchise e-owner who owns it and manages is the one that they got to and they control, not the employees, but the one who actually owns it. If you go to a small town in Texas and it has maybe 1,000 people, 2,000 people in it, 100% it's owned by a gang, a mafia, an extortionist group, a cartel, etc. from the mayor down, from the police force down, or it's owned and operated and being run by either a three-letter agency like the CIA or a military branch like the Navy, the uh, Army, the Air Force, etc., as a clandestine source of operations, the DOJ, the ATF, etc., and the federal state institutions are running that that city or that uh, area of the state uh, with an iron fist, like a like an occupied territory in Iraq or Afghanistan, and it's 100% like that. It's like you're living in a war-torn country. You're living in a civil war country. You're living in a country where it's no longer cops and robbers. Uh, with the cops being good guys and the robbers being bad guys, but it's, it's um, you know, cowboys, Indians. It's the people who think that they are here first and that it's their streets, and then it's the people from the federal government, from D.C., the men in blue, the blue line, the blue the badge, etc., and all of their military equipment, all of their guns, all of their horses, etc., brought to bear again on people with nothing, who have nothing who are from hostile desert lands, etc., across this barren Wild West region and no country for old men, basically, and the state and federal government are going to just uh, slaughter them or uh, destroy them or put them on reservations, which are the prisons. And it's just 100% that forever. And now it's just a technocracy and a dystopia in which they use computers and AI algorithms, etc., to find out who the one is most guilty and to arrest them or assassinate them uh, with no sense of free speech or uh, in total impunity from justice, even though what they are doing is illegal based on their own laws as well. It's just not as illegal or as much of a quote-unquote public menace as the gang and uh, narcotics and human trafficking uh, criminal organizations, which they also control, which they also have created through their political decisions, etc., are conducting currently right now. Just as a for instance, as a for example. But yes, this has been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. That has been my podcast. My broadcast is based on um, the gangland of Texas and the martial law of the federal government and the Pentagon. Um, to combat this basically civil war going on in Texas, this military occupation of Texas, in which the gangs of Texas are seen as domestic extremists and uh, terrorists. This has been the trend going on for the last 30 years. This has been one of their plans and plots, and this is operating currently right now with total immunity to uh, scrutiny or, or or uh, any watchdog because it's just operating for so long and it's operating with so much secrecy around it with military secrecy that because journalism is dead in America the military operates in complete like complete immunity to any kind of uh, 
criticism or awareness of this. And this information was given to me from an insider in the Texas DOJ, the Texas Department of Justice. I don't want to give too much away about their identity, but they do hold a badge. And they are a member of the DOJ. And they were, they were concerned about the amount of the United States military, the Pentagon, actually, how much they control and how much they operate within the higher echelons, both decision-making and authority-making, the brass, uh, but also the special operations groups and how much, uh, how much they're allowed and how much they're encouraged to do. Thank you all very much out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for supporting, for liking and sharing this program. Check out the social media. Uh, blowing up on Twitter. Would love to have you join that party. Or, um, going back and supporting the Instagram 2.0. That's Beyond Top Secret Texan 2.0 on Instagram. Built up that channel. Trying to get it going again. But, you know, censorship, etc. Uh, still be shadow banned, so you have to search for it beyond Top Secret Texan 2.0 or check out the link tree, link tree slash beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very much. Uh, God bless you and your families. Peace out. <laughs>